Here at the very beginning of Lent, I want to bring to your attention something that always comes at the very end of Lent, something that you should take to heart, something that you should meditate on as you journey through this solemn season. And it's this. In Jesus' kingdom, even Judas has a place at the table. In Jesus' kingdom, even the Judases of the world have a place at the table. Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him, yet he still broke bread with him on Maundy Thursday. Jesus knew that Judas was going to hand him over to be arrested and killed, yet he still shared a chalice with him at the Last Supper. All the way until the very end, Jesus didn't give up on Judas. It was Judas who gave up on Judas in the end. My friends, loving one's enemies is tremendously, tremendously difficult. I would even say it's impossible. But as the saints down through history have universally attested, the love of one's enemies is the very heart of the gospel. So much so that one modern saint went so far as to say that the mark of the true Christian is the love of one's enemies. So if you'd like to know where true Christianity, where genuine Christianity is taking place, don't start by looking at the churches that have the prettiest buildings or liturgies. Don't start by looking at the churches that have the best preaching or the most uplifting music. Don't start by looking at the churches that hurl the most money at the local nonprofits in town and then pat themselves on the back for doing so. Rather, look at the places where people are actually practicing forgiveness, where people are actually seeking to be reconciled to one another. Look at the places where people are actually forgiving one another at the altar rail rather than heaping judgment upon themselves at that rail through withholding their forgiveness from one another. My friends, where forgiveness is happening, that's where the kingdom of God truly is. That's where the Eucharist actually is being manifested, the body of Christ. But this type of love does not come easy. This level of forgiveness is not so simple. It comes at a cost. It cost Jesus his life. And one of the things that forgiveness will cost us is our perception of who we believe our enemies really are. And in order to forgive deeply, in order to forgive genuinely, we have to be willing to unbind ourselves from the narratives of self-pity that we tell ourselves about our enemies and who they are and how they have harmed us. We have to quit villainizing them 
demonizing them in the attempt to make ourselves look like the saint. That's what it will cost us. An example, it's all too easy to villainize Judas, to forever depict him as the bad guy of Jesus' story. And blinded by our judgmentalism, we fail to consider this very important truth. Had Judas not betrayed Jesus, Jesus never would have died for us. Had Judas not betrayed him, Jesus never would have died for us, never would have went to the cross for us. Without Judas's betrayal, you and I wouldn't know Christ. We wouldn't know each other. We wouldn't know salvation. Judas, even with all of his flaws, he is a pivotal part of Jesus' story, and thus he is a pivotal part of our story. But it's all too easy for us to see other human beings as mere objects, isn't it? Objects that can be readily dismissed and written off when we think they are of no benefit to us any longer. Objects that can be discarded when they become a nuisance to us. This, my friends, is why we fast. This is why we give alms. This is why we pray to make more space for the other in our lives, to open our capacity for forgiveness and love, to open our hearts to genuine relationship, even the difficult relationships. For in this culture of incessant, mindless consumption, we treat our food as if food is nothing more than like a mere object for our selfish pleasure paying no heed whatsoever to the impact that our stomachs are having on plant life and animal life all around us. The church fathers and mothers, they're not wrong to point out that there's a direct correlation between the way we treat our food and the way we treat other people. If I see my food as nothing more than an object that exists exclusively for my pleasure. It is more than likely that I'm doing the same with other people as well, treating them as objects, objects that exist only for me and for my pleasure. And in this culture of unquestioned egocentricity and individualism, we treat our money as if our money existed solely for our benefit, paying no attention whatsoever to the universal teaching of the church for like the first thousand years of its existence. The teaching was this, that God has provided more than enough for all of his children. So if I am warm, and if I am well-fed, and if I have a roof over my head, but if my neighbor is not warm, and if my neighbor is not well-fed, and if my neighbor lacks a roof over his head, I am robbing my neighbor. And in this have-it-your-way culture, 
We treat God as if God were nothing more than a cosmic vending machine. Put enough prayers into the slot, pull the liturgical lever, and out will pop a gift of grace. Yay! (laughs) Prayer, thus, for a lot of us, it's nothing more than like a plan B, a last resort when the normal plan for life starts to come off the rails. My friends, how much space have we made for God in our lives? And how much is God just a mere afterthought? My friends, our Lord clearly teaches us in our gospel story for today that we practice, we are to practice fasting and almsgiving and prayer not for our own individual benefit. That's hypocrisy. We practice these things for the benefit of those around us. We practice these things to open our capacity for the other, to make more space in our hearts and in our lives for both God and our neighbor. We practice these things so that we can do the impossible in a world that is filled with so much division and hate. The impossible being actually loving our enemies. And we practice these things so that we can love the Judases of this world like Jesus does, knowing full well, yes, that this type of love, it's going to pierce us through before it rolls away stones. We practice these things so that we can see in our enemies the very thing that Jesus saw in us, a saint, a beloved child of God that is worth laying down one's life for.